0: In this episode of BFR University, I talk about using BFR for aerobic capacity training and how a triathlete might use it to reduce their overall volume. So here we go. You are listening to the BFR University Podcast with your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Welcome to BFR Tuesday. My name is Ed LaCara. I um, answer questions every Tuesday regarding blood flow restriction training, either for yourself or rehab or fitness or whatever I can, whatever I can answer. And so if you want to ask a question, just throw a question up into the chat section. So your upper right corner, you should see chat and I'll put in there. Hello from Dallas, Texas. It is mighty cold. Well, at least for us, it's 48 degrees. Okay. So let me know what questions you have, and I can answer them, or if I can't answer then I'll, I'll find an answer. And if there's no questions, then I will uh, chat about things that come in or questions that I get asked throughout the week. And you can always send me an email. Um, best email for this stuff is uh, drlecara at bfruniversity.com. <clears throat> D-R-L-E-C-A-R-A at bfruniversity.com all right Lewis, just a note been using body weight suspension training with bfr and it's been effective perfect combo because you can easily adjust your resistance on the fly yeah check this out i got my tr whoops wrong wrong side trx core um i've been a master instructor for trx suspension training and rip train well not really rip training as much but suspension training since uh gosh it's been a long time 2012 2013 something like that Um, I love the suspension trainer. It's, uh, it is nice to be able to modify the loads. Um, and I will be releasing some video of me at my home gym with, uh, using the tonal, the tonal gym uses computerized resistance and it can measure, uh, your velocity and, uh, power and other things. So it's, um, it's been a very cool adjunct, uh, to my weight room there at the house. Um. And using BFR with it's super easy because uh, you can modify the weights very quickly and um, it's a, it's more on a pulley system. So it detects whether you're slacking on your range of motion or you're going too fast or uh, any of those things. So pretty cool. <clears throat> Pricey. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, it's all relative, right? I mean, it's um, for me, I'm in my clinic probably 12 to 14 hours a day. And so trying to carve out time, um, used to be, um, pretty religious CrossFitter and it's just, the times are just not working for me. And so I found that I was missing too many workouts. So for me, um, having the availability in the garage made a huge difference, especially during COVID, um, where if, even if I only have 20 or 30 minutes, I will go out there and I'll jump on a Peloton or I'll jump on the treadmill or I'll, do some swings or jump on the suspension trainer and um or i can do a 20-minute tonal workout and i can get it done uh whereas before i was missing them because i wasn't wasn't enough time in the day for me and i know that's um an excuse but it's it's a it's a reality to be honest uh yeah so any questions regarding bfr today john happy new year john and callie hi I'm an Ironman class athlete. I understand that 20 minutes is the maximum for the cuffs. Can I do multiple sets of 20 minutes each at 50% of pressure at a heart rate of 80%? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Um, what I would recommend is that if you, you know, if you're if you're healthy with no pre-existing um, conditions, 30 minutes is probably. I'm supposed to say 20 minutes. Lawyers don't like it when I go outside the box, but in all reality. at partial occlusion it's not like surgery where you're hours and hours and hours at full occlusion now we are exercising so it is a little bit different but um you know you can go up to 30 minutes especially a type of athlete that you are and um and then just take like a 10 minute break five minute minimum and then then you can reinflate for another 20 or 30 minutes it's it's fine and then john think about um using interval training with BFR. Um, those are all subjects I cover in my level two course where we talk about interval training on a rower, interval training on a bike, interval training on a treadmill, sprint work, You know, trying to reduce your volume, overall volume because you guys do so much time in the saddle and so much time on the road or in the pool. You can you know, really kind of reduce your time and stress under the joints by doing more uh, interval type work either with or without the cuffs. Um, Sometimes you can do intermittent BFR, meaning I'm on the bike doing sprint work for 30 seconds without the cuffs and then I jump off the bike and I put the cuffs on and I inflate them and then I sit there passively for two minutes, deflate, jump back on the bike uh, without the cuffs, 30 second intervals, jump off the bike, use BFR, so it's, that's called intermittent, where I'm doing intermittent BFR not during the exercise, but during the rest time. It makes sense with those longer periods. For me, it doesn't make sense in a short period like with resistance training, although both have been shown to be effective for strength and hypertrophy. So just a side note. Um, So yeah, to answer your question, absolutely do multiple sets of twenty minutes or thirty minutes each at fifty percent of pressure. For the legs, you're going to need um, probably sixty percent. Um, that's about going to be your lowest, uh, especially somebody as fit as you are as an Ironman class athlete. You're going to need you're going to need to cook yourself a little bit more for physiological adaptation. So I would look at sixty percent LOP, and um, either look at your VO2, because I know most of you guys measured that, or look at your heart rate reserve, which is the calculation. Um, I'll try to use one of those, uh, like if you go into this, click on this thing on YouTube, I haven't figured out how to do that yet, but um, on this tile, and it'll take you to a link on how to calculate heart rate reserve, um, which is a pretty good estimate uh, of your VO2. So you're gonna be needing to go at about, Oh, probably close to 50% heart rate reserve minimum on a steady state type exercise with BFR at 60% limb occlusion pressure in the lower extremity is my guess without ever meeting you or seeing you. All right. Great question. Gosh. Any other questions for me today? Okay, a little gold nugget. I wanted to um, I wanted to uh, share is um, when you're establishing your limb occlusion pressure, I would recommend um, doing it, especially in the legs, um, doing them on each side. Do them bilaterally. Do the left side and do the right side, because you will see differences left to right. And if you see a major difference, like I had a um, a patient come in last week. Um, and we're working on some um, medial epicondylitis um, and lateral epicondylitis, tennis and golfer's elbow. I measured his left arm, and um, can't remember exact numbers, but it was about 180 millimeters of mercury for his LOP. His right side was about 50 points less. And you know, looking at his arm, doing a circumferential measurement, there wasn't that big of a difference. So I was like, "Oh, that doesn't seem right." So I redid it, and they came back within one millimeter mercury difference. So you know, the variable there might've been, I didn't have the cuff on equally as tight one side versus the other. So just make sure that you're nice and tight with the cuffs before you inflate as tight as you can, really. Um, you shouldn't be able to get more than, you know, like one fingernail underneath the cuff. So. <clears throat> if I show an example of this, um, and I'm putting the cuff on. And when you're doing this on yourself, make sure that valve is facing forward so it's easy to attach the, um, the pump. So I'm putting this on and I'm really trying to tighten that up as much as I can and get it as high as I can. And so when I try to get a finger underneath, I shouldn't be able to get more than this little bit, if you can get two fingers underneath there really easily, that means it's too loose or the cuff is too big. You might be needing a smaller cuff. Um, if you're already using, if you're tiny, like, um, I have some, um, athletes that are like cross country runners, women, and, uh, they're, they're super tiny, then what I need to do is I need to have some sort of, um, um, like cloth underneath to make up a little bit of space and gap. And that cloth I usually use is, um, it's these little sleeves that I've made for my patients that are um, protect the skin, but they also occupy some space. So nice and tight, I shouldn't be able to get, like, see, I can't get my finger underneath there and you want it to be, you know, equal on both sides. And then I can plug in and I can inflate and that'll give you as uh, symmetrical as you can on both sides. So take home message Make sure that the cuff is on nice and tight before you inflate. Check limb occlusion pressure on both sides. Um, And when I'm doing the legs, make sure that you're standing with even pressure. The tendency is if I've got a cuff on to shift my weight to the other side, you want even pressure through your feet. Um, So that way the muscles are contracting the same amount um, to keep you upright, the gravitational uh, contraction Um, it's about 30% maximal voluntary contraction to maintain your upright position. So there is some contraction going on. All right. Any other questions? If not, thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope that was helpful and, um, trying to stay healthy. Good luck this year. And I will be back next week and we'll talk more BFR. Thanks so much. Bye for now.